Hello and welcome to episode two of Project Cast, a podcast where we interview project managers about their experiences in the field of project management. Today we will be speaking to Rob Brown from Manchester City Council as Rob shares his over 40 years worth of experience with us of working on different projects in Manchester. We hope you enjoy. Well, first of all, welcome, Rob. Welcome to the pod- Project Cast with us. Um, we've very much been looking forward to this. Um, so I suppose we should just get straight into it. Um, so how did you start out as a project manager? Hi, thanks, thanks for that. Thanks, that's Sophie. Um, well, I've, I've been working in the council for, for quite a number of years, doing lots of different roles, um, and was, was asked to join um, a, a strategic team in the council in the housing department um, that were embarking on a, uh, a project to deliver part of the housing strategy, which was, was bringing in lots of funds to improve a lot of council estates in the city and on its overspill estates. Um, obviously, within the city, there's a city boundary, but we also had properties in places like Rochdale, Tameside, Stockport, uh, out in Cheshire as well, lots of different estates. Um, and to and to really deal with that, we it was a, a project management approach um, that we adopted. Uh, so to become part of the the, the project team, I had lots of sort of skills in in, in networking, the communications, other things. I had to therefore then learn project management, which meant um, training courses and studying um, and sort of like learning from others and on the on the job training as well. So I went through a, a project management course that the city council put on um, for a couple of days and, and then adopted that project management approach, uh, worked with others, uh, and as part of the, the team, uh, had a couple of projects to work on. Some of them that were that suited me, I was lead parts of that I would lead on. Other parts I'd work with a wider team, um, but it meant that I was with a, a lot of experienced people who were who were delivering this project. Uh, right way through the, the, the housing department and the council, uh, and that's that's how I learned. So it was an opportunity in a new team delivering something different. Um, but the project it was a project management approach we were adopting. So I, I joined the team and therefore learned those skills. And is um, that what attracted you to the role? Because I know that um, for us we also work in council. We all three of us work in councils, uh, and it was mostly the sort of to learn something new is that what attracted you to the role is that you'd get to learn a new skill it was as, as well as other things as well I think learning a new skill to deliver uh, what, what we were trying to do but also the I suppose the desire to help the council and work with residents on in different parts of the city uh, to help them reach their benefits and reach their goals as well um, because there were lots of areas that I worked in that I knew so I had experience and knowledge and new people in those areas. So in a way, I was helping them to, to deliver what, what their aims and goals were through being the project manager. And I knew it would have been a safe landing for me to go out to these areas. And I was, I was in a way, handpicked to come and help the team that I was with because of my experience of those different estates. I definitely feel like um, when you get up to that sort of level and you're doing something like project work, you definitely feel like you get to see a real difference in what you're doing on a diff- on a totally different level to to other to other jobs. I mean, I know that I've come from an assessing 
background. So I've been helping the citizens of Liverpool in a different way. But going into project work, you definitely get to see both sides. Well, you get to see all sides of who you're helping or who you're benefiting. And I think that's a really lovely sort of um, experience to have. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, there's a there's a way to deliver a, a project um, and there's a human side to it and there's a technical side to it. Uh, and if you're in the middle of delivering both, you, you see the benefits massively. I think if you're on the technical side of things, you know, filling in documents, ticking boxes, uh, making sure things are done from a, a, maybe the, the, the officer side is fine. But to get the benefit of, of, of everything, it's worth being in the middle of the project that you're delivering on the ground as well. Uh, and I find that most beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. If you've had any, Rob, um, how do you deal with failures? Oh, I've had a few. Don't worry about that. Um, it's um, it's interesting, uh, sort of like failure. It kind of, it, it sometimes it's around the corner. Sometimes it's like staring you right in the face, isn't it? And I think sometimes if you can't um, deliver a part of a project and there isn't enough money or there isn't enough time or you just can't come to an agreement, um, you know, failure comes in a number of different ways. Almost failure comes with like disappointment, I think, uh, if you can't sort of like help all parties to understand why you're trying to do something um, or if a party, you know, walks away from the table because They've not been satisfied. Others have. Sometimes they get a project to the end. You do have to get past certain stages of a project, and part of it might fail. It may it may not affect the whole project itself, but you have to deal with that part of the failure as you move along. And it may be that you sometimes have to agree to disagree, um, and not just internally with officers, but with other organisations. Sometimes with residents, with stakeholders, uh, with something that you may not be able to deliver because you haven't got the funds or you haven't got the time or the project isn't there to deliver that. Um, I think it's important to to also have other parts of the project that are not part of the main project and have those things in sight, because they're some of the things that perhaps, especially in some of the neighbourhoods and areas and projects that we worked on, some things that would never or could never be delivered while you're delivering your part of a particular project. It perhaps might be responsibility of somebody else. Um, failure uh, is something that I think we all have to accept um, it comes with life I suppose as well um, and I suppose in a way you need to try to dampen that failure by, think, by using perhaps the experience that you've got um, and knowledge that you've got to say to people you may not have um, succeeded on this part of it but it's something that we, that we won't go away that we may continue to discuss uh, in other circles and in other parts of the project so we may have to leave that aside for this moment in time while the main project runs and we come back to that at a later date or we get people concentrating on that. Failure, I, I, I try to use as failure to inspire me um, to kind of to do better maybe next time or to concentrate uh, or to get use that experience when I'm doing something else. Because when because failure affects people very, very differently. Uh, and if you can shoulder some of that burden, people go, you know, at least we've got somebody with us who's been through this, perhaps has had some failure and knows how to move on and get on with the project. And sometimes that's that's all you can do. So come, going on from that, um, 
you you've identified problem stakeholders and um as a possible reason for for failure how do you deal with the big characters big egos and politicians or, or any type of stakeholders that cause issues yeah i think when you when you start projects i mean I, i've learned now that if i'm working projects is to anticipate um some of the egos and what what the politics are around the project um you know what are the what are the pitfalls what could catch you out as you go along and make sure you have those discussions with with the project team around things that you can foresee um and that's that's about being around long enough being quite wise about situations and understanding what can happen um because you can't please everybody um there will be some people that come to the table for a particular um reason and maybe that reason isn't going to is, isn't going to surface, might not be delivered, uh, and there's always that possibility. So as you go along, it's almost to expect that there may be people that walk away from the project. Stakeholders may come there with with um, wishes and a wish list, uh, and they, they've come to you because you know you're a group, you're an informative group, you've got some power, you've got some some funds and resources, and you're looking to deliver something. So they come to you looking to get something delivered that isn't on your list, but is certainly on theirs. Um, and it's understanding why people will come to the table or why different people will come to want to come to the table to get something delivered because of something that they, you know, have as, as, as a high priority to them, but may not be a high priority to you. I think you, you have to understand stakeholders, um, and understand what they, what they may want and how they may operate when they come to a table. I'm working on a, a particular project now, uh, and we've got lots of egos at the table, um, We've got some politicians, but we're all hoping to be focused on a certain thing for delivery. Uh, but while we go down this route, uh, there will be perhaps a couple of fallouts, um, perhaps people and stakeholders disagree with each other. Um, certainly as, as the council, um, there are some elements of trust, a lot of elements of mistrust, uh, and I, I get all of that. Um, so, yeah, I think I think stakeholders, egos, with politicians, um, sometimes officers come with some experience, some some come with a lack of experience and wanting to learn, uh, and you have to understand where everybody's coming from. And, and sometimes understand the different language that comes from people because some of it is, is quite naive and sometimes is not helpful. Other times, you know, obviously having to work closer with stakeholders, ask stakeholders to excuse officers' language because some people come with, you know, um, things that they may say that may upset people. Uh, and if you just work on that and try to, to, to look at why people might feel upset, it's something that officers need to be careful of and mindful of, when, especially when they're out in the community trying to connect with people. You need to understand, you know, why people are at the table. It's their spare time. You're a paid officer. So understand the neighbourhood or the people that you're working with and, and speak appropriately. Brilliant, brilliant, Rob. Thanks. So um, we know that there's so much to think about and consider um, when you're starting on a new project. What are your top priorities when you're starting working on a new project? Um, I think making sure that everybody starts from the same place. Everybody's everybody's working together, um, understands what we're trying to deliver. Um, for me, um, 
you have to concentrate quite a lot at the, at the beginning of any project, especially if you're, you're looking to deliver or to start the project internally with officers, because stakeholders may come to the table uh, a number of months or a couple of stages down the line when it's, when it's appropriate. But when you're operating internally, it's to make sure that you're uh, obviously attending meetings, attending discussions, um, that you're playing your role at the, at the right time when required, um, and understanding what a project is out to deliver, its timescales, um, and especially for me, I have to concentrate on, on the role that I have, making sure that it's, it's clear what my role is, where and who I report to. Um, and, you know, when, especially for me, it's when is it time to listen and when is it time to speak? Sometimes, you know, listening is a good thing to do uh, until I understand exactly what the project is delivering and what my role in it is. Um, yeah, so I think the... The, the things to, to, to consider and to think about is when does the start project start? When does it finish? What are the key stages in it? Uh, and what are my responsibilities and how I deliver them? Have I got the skills to deliver them? Do I need to learn some more skills? Do I need some support? Uh, and what sort of background work do I need to know in terms of stats, numbers to deliver the part that I understand best? Um, and make sure that when it's time for me to, to deliver that I'm knowledgeable and I'm comfortable with what I'm talking about. That's great, thank you. Uh, Rob, you spoke about before uh, having to do some courses prior to getting into project management. Um, from those courses or those extra learning, how does project manage management differ from practice to paper? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that it's, it's an interesting one because there are things that you in terms of on, on paper, that are almost nothing to do with the, with the project in real terms. Um, and I, I suppose as well, what I, I would tend to do is if, if I'm working with some stakeholders, trying to get them to understand the things that you do in the back, in the back office, sort of how things are managed because they're, they're not managed on a little, on an A4 piece of paper. They're managed through documents and programs and all sorts of things that, that some people are very good at, uh, and some people, obviously, as, in terms of projects and senior officers who are responsible for these projects, you know you have to report to them, and that's the type of information that they understand. And if you're reaching from the ground to the senior officer, there are a number of things that the senior officer would or would not be interested in, and there are things on the ground that, that residents and stakeholders wouldn't understand and don't need to understand, um, but you're very aware that you need to deliver some of those things to make the project real um, because it has a it has status, it has importance, um, and that's a system that the council has operated and has adopted to make sure that these projects are delivered. I think on the ground, people want to see results. People want to think, see things change. I want to see you deliver with some um, some commitment uh, and. Uh, and some honesty. Uh, I think a, 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 an officer on a more senior level, what they want to see is progress and solutions uh, and ideas and imagination, which means that you have to, you know, do a little bit more than just look at the paperwork. Um, and to be effective and to, and to do the bit that you do well, you, you've got to give more than just, you know, for me, 
five days a week. Sometimes it's good, but sometimes it isn't enough. It might be that United need to do something beyond um, what you would ordinarily do. And I like to be able to, you know, think about a project, uh, maybe do something a little bit different to bring something different to the table, especially if I'm, I'm looking at what's happening on the ground. It might be that I might have to go and visit a project on a, a Saturday evening or a Sunday morning um, just to take on, and take on board perhaps how our stakeholders and residents might operate. Because to understand the sort of problems you have to deal with, do something a little bit differently. Um, and I think officers benefit from knowing that I'm prepared to do that sort of thing because a lot of the projects I've worked in over the years have been, de- have been delivered because I've gone to find out the information that I needed to know uh, in, a, in a different way than sitting and waiting for it to turn up on my doorstep, which sometimes it doesn't. What you can also do is lose sight of the, uh, of the practice, really. And obviously, the, the real side of a project is, is the end delivery uh, and people being satisfied um, with, with what comes out of that delivery, making sure that you're reporting back to to senior officers who I know are in a chain of command up to very senior political places or, or senior officer places is important. So, you know, when key, key times in a project, you're having to report in all the sort of progress, things have become difficult um, to get that support. You need to make sure that you're keeping officers, people that you're working with, um, in the loop on a lot of the things that you do. And that does take some concentration. Really. Otherwise, you lose people you lose the support um, and you basically cause yourself internal problems, which you don't need. Yeah, that's really interesting. I feel like on the back of what you've just said, it's also really, I find that I struggled the most with decision making. And that's not just within my job role, that's within my personal life as well. Um, Decision making has not been one of my strong points, but with the experience, experience and like, once you've had those successes or you've had that um, people rely on you to make those important decisions or to go the extra mile to get something delivered, you begin to trust yourself a little bit more in, in what you're doing and be and be able to say to other people a bit stronger that actually, no, what my my opinion is this. And actually, that's quite you should take that on board because of all the other stuff that I've been telling you or doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think as, as you go along on a project, if you've been on it, obviously, long enough and from the start, um, you, I would expect my opinions to be taken on board a lot more than if I'd just arrived on the project because you've been on it from, from day one. Um, and you'd want to be able to help make some, make some real decisions um, look at some of the issues that have become a problem uh, and contribute more to the project. No matter how, many, how senior some of, some of the officers and some of the politicians are, I think your attachment to a project really allows you to have more of a say as you go along because you've been through all the benefits, all the bad times and the good times, um, and you've helped deal with some of the solutions. But there will be some things that, that some projects will never deliver um, and that's something that you almost have to accept. Rob, how do you deal with stress and responsibility? Is that <laughs> is that on a project in that life we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try, try not to drink too much. It's a good <laughs> one. Um, some of it, some of it needs to be shared naturally. 
um, some of the stresses you 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 want to make sure that others, um, perhaps as part of the project team, pick that up at the same time. Um, lots of things you not to, not to keep to yourself because if you do keep that sort of um, stress and strains that that a project brings uh, on your own sort of like response on you. Well, if you keep it to yourself and you keep it personal, it can do all sorts of different damage to your, to your personal life as well. To be honest. Because um, it is difficult, I would say, sometimes to switch off. You know, if you've, you've worked on a project and you've had a difficult day, um, you sometimes, we're all, we're all human, I hope. Um, you, you take some of those problems with you, you go home with them, you just stew around inside of you, then you bring them back the next day. Um, I think you do have to have a cutoff where you, you will, you know, go and do something different. You know, you're going to the gym, you're seeing your partner. You know, you're taking the dog for a walk, all those sorts of things, uh, have got to be that sort of like get out of, of what you're doing in the daytime because if you continually, I mean, and you see people often doing it, they will work long, late hours, go home, come back and start again very, very early in the morning and they've, they've not had a break. Um, organize different things to do, you know, make sure that you, you're operating with your team members, with your family members and do all those sorts of things because you need those natural breaks because if you continue to take the stress that a project brings with you, you know, eventually it could break you in some particular way, not not something that you might be able to see. I think internally, if, it, if there's no solutions to some of the stresses that a project brings, um, you end up with you end up keeping that problem yourself. You need to to, to talk to others, talk to people. Um, casually, informally, um, and formally as well. So that, you know, if there was a stress within the projects that you picked up, that's why there are responsible people within the project team. There are leaders within that team, people with the experience of understanding whether something can be dealt with immediately or not, or what your role is in with that. Um, so it, it is about sharing those stresses, really, making sure that you're not the one person holding on to something um, because you may not have all the answers. So that's the excuse why I'm, I'm waking up at two o'clock in the morning thinking about this project <laughs> and Laura it, and it, Sophia well, are happy in bed, sleeping away through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 to be honest with you, you know, waking up at ridiculous times, thinking about things does happen. Um, if you if you do and you need to, you know, jot down a few notes or do something at that time, do it, but share it with people and you know, share that stress because there's a solution to everything. Um, or to some things, there isn't a solution, but you need to make sure that other people are aware of that and are ready to support you when that, that pressure becomes a little bit unbearable. Cheers, Rob. Thank you. So going on from that, I know that as well as your career in the council, you've been involved in lots of other things. Um, how have you used your project management skills in those other areas, like in the football clubs you've been involved in and when you've been on different corporate boards and things like that? Some of, some of it becomes natural and, and needs to. But it's, it's kind of the way that you, 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 would, you would tend to work, because I can do, I think, um, three or four things at the same time, you know, and over, on a daily basis work on a couple of projects. They're always at different stages. Yes, Lorna, you're right. I do some things at a football club. 
sort of in a volunteer role. I'm a director of football at football club, and we've just had a, a great piece of success, to be honest. So you kind of you think of that as a project in, in terms of timing. We've come to the end of the football season, and we've delivered what we said we wanted to deliver. Now it's time to think about the next part of the project, uh, bring people in, um, work on that success um, and the enjoyment and work on people's enthusiasm and start the project again in a different way. And I won't be doing using doing that as a city council, right? I need to write up a, a, a project document, all that type of thing, because that isn't kind of required. Um, a, a football season comes in, don't know, four different parts, the pre-season, the planning, um, the start of the season, like the beginning of the project. And you're looking at nine months in a way. And getting to the end of a football season, as it gets to just stressful part of maybe winning something, you kind of see the light in people's eyes as they get more interested in the projects and try to get closer to it. As a project manager, you're trying to manage all, all that enthusiasm, all that energy, uh, deliver what people want, some of it is is networking, some of it is communication, and I kind of deliver that in a very, I would say, in a in a joyful way, really, because people like to people watch you, watch what you do, see how you operate, and you get recognised. I'm not the manager of the team, which is fine for me because there's a lot of stress that comes with that. Um, I'm kind of supporting the management team and being a networker in between the management team and directors. So I've I've been using all the project management skills that I've got, but with different volunteers at different levels, with different lots of expertise and people who have different ideals on things. So as I talk to different people, I can tell exactly what they're looking for so I can gauge what type of information that they want. Uh, but also as well, you know, having been a, a board member for a, a housing company as well, that role is sort of like in short spurts. So, you know, There'll be a board meeting every quarter. Um, I'll go to some kind of engagement session. So you are an ambassador in a way. So the kind of project management, what I'm trying to deliver. And then for the council, it's different. Again, uh, I've been in the council for a hell of a long time. You have to, I have to think about, you know, what I'm saying, who, who my audience is, and how I'm representing the council in, in different ways and who I'm talking to. Um, and then sometimes when I'm in the office, I'm just an ordinary officer. And I might sit and listen to projects or listen to, to, to people presenting things. I'm with a different group of people again. Uh, lots of youngsters, perhaps, who, who in a way are my line managers. So my experience is different with them. I've had lots of different line managers. But I kind of, you know, work out what my role is in all those different environments uh, and act accordingly and try to be as effective as possible. But understanding how long I've been around, the experience I've got, um, and what each of those environments are, are looking for from me. Uh, so I suppose, in a way, a lot of the, the, the projects and the teams and the, the, the environments I'm working with are all operating at different paces. They want different things, uh, work to different timescales. So it's, in a way, it's picking up exactly what each of the projects want when I'm working to them. And there's a skill once you start, once I've worked on, four or five projects at the same time as I, as I mentioned earlier. It's not they're not all similar projects. They're all in different environments. And sometimes I get it wrong. And it's like, oh hang on a minute, I'm not at the council. I'm in a football team quick and it's you have to switch understanding that people aren't PC um, and will say strange things 
at the council is very different, as, as we all know. But in, in a football world, there are things where you have to get people to, to kind of think a little bit differently. You're working with, with, with the stakeholders and spectators and individuals uh, who are all looking at different things, all have different backgrounds. So it's understanding all of that, but then making sure that you fit in and people will listen to you at the right time, but also see a bit of listening yourself. Thanks for that. I find it really interesting, sort of like hearing you speak about the football world, the parallels that it actually has with project management, because I'd never, I don't know anything about football other than what you tell me in the office. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's interesting seeing how it does actually line up quite well with project management. Rob, do you have any tips for new upcoming project managers? I'd say you need to, and and well, enjoy the project. I've never mentioned it before. Is you you've got to enjoy what you do. To be fair, I mean, I think the projects that you work on, some of them will be interesting, some of them might not be. But you need to enjoy the work and and be enthusiastic about it, because um, people sense that from you if you're not enthusiastic. Uh, and especially if you're delivering a particular part of the project, it's delivering it to the best of your ability. And you may not get any benefits from it while you're delivering the project, but you're learning. And it, and it, and it might be a skill, a new skill that you're learning that you might use better elsewhere. And sometimes using a project management approach to, you know, to deliver a project at home is the best way and the, and the best benefit of getting the most out of it because you personally benefit from that, and it's skills that you're picking up in the office and from work that someone's paying you for, and you're getting the benefit at home to deliver, you know, going on holiday, sort of decorating the house, sorting out the garden, delivering, you know, buying a new car, all those things, and you, you've got, you've picked up skills in the workplace that are helping you to do all those things very, very well, um, and it stops you from making general mistakes. I, you know, I have three diaries. Uh, I used to only have one. Now I, I, know, I used to resist having a, a, an electronic diary and I used to get plenty of criticism for it. Now I've got three diaries uh, and hopefully I don't miss anything at all. Um, and that's because understanding how a project runs, you have to put you know, put things in diaries so because you'll forget them or you'll need to know when things are happening. You've got to plan so, you know, a, a bit of ordinary planning, gentle planning all the time is something that I, I tend to do. And some time ago, I would never have done that. And I think delivering projects, you, you get to the end of projects. Some of them are, you know, two months, some of them are two weeks, some of them are two years. When you get to the end of projects, you, you feel that satisfaction. And I just think that, you know, enjoying what you do, looking for the projects that are not the ones that the that you will ordinarily get ones that are different ones you can choose to, to work on is getting that satisfaction and that balance because you don't always enjoy your work a lot of the time. But I try to and tend to find something that helps me to enjoy what I do because there are plenty of things that I do that I don't enjoy. That's brilliant because I'm, I'm very much in that camp where people think I don't enjoy it. And probably I don't. But I'm, and my diary is horrendous no one knows where i am one minute to the next and i'm all over the place because of that and i probably need to get some organization even at my old age into my life so (laughs) brilliant thank you and and i'll tell you what as well i'll tell you what as well i'll tell you all i mean you can do that many things 
facts by being, in a, in a way, slightly well organised. And then you can look back on 12 months to go, oh, my God, look how many things that I've done. Only because, I mean, I'll just put, you know, make sure you make sure you change the tyres on the car, your MLTs due on such and such. It stops it from becoming a stress because you've warned yourself 12 months before. That took me a few years to work it out, you know. Took, took a lot of people to, to, to call me and chase me around and where is he? I don't know what he's doing. I'm not. And, I, you know, for a while I was like, why didn't he need to know where I am all the time? And now, luckily, there is some trust about what I do. People trust me because I've been delivering on all sorts of different things reliably for a number of years. And, I, I, you know, you, you, I can be relied on and I, I've earned a reputation for it. Hopefully I can take one thing away from it. I'll be that. Thank you. And this is a question that we ask everyone. Uh, if you could have been involved in a project over history, what project would it be and why? Um, well, it's a good question, this, because I've just got involved in a project and it took 40 odd years for it to come round. <laughs> um, and it, it suits me absolutely down to the ground. And uh, and lots of law will know, lots of people know, I can't keep away from this particular project because it's been on me, that it's been on me calendar, uh, perhaps for the last, I don't know, probably for about 20 years of trying to get involved in a particular area in Manchester, uh, on a voluntary level. And only two, three years ago, uh, I was asked to be involved as a, as an officer and I picked that one up. It wasn't the, the perfect piece of work. But the benefits of doing that for a couple of years during COVID have now got me in an excellent position to do the project that I've always been waiting for, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm born and bred Moss Side in Manchester. Um, and I'm that old to go back to, to seeing and understanding sort of like the disturbances in the area, the riots in the, in the eighties. And they were in different parts of the, of the country as well. It's a funny thing to say, but I, I've actually got a diary from 1981 that, that does some of the, that throws my, my views on, um, how I felt during the riots as they actually happened. It's very, very funny to know that that diary is still there. And I, it's weird that in, in them days, I wrote very small, so I might, I might need a magnifying glass to read it, because obviously my eyes are now 40 years old. I can't see what I'm looking at. But it just, uh, I've got strong memories of, of, of that. I've obviously been a, a, a lad from Moss Side. And I tend to, you know, my mum's still, still in Moss Side now, so I have a great feeling for the area. And I'm currently working on a project to deliver up to about 230 sort of like brand new properties of lots of different um, shapes and sizes in four particular areas. Uh, and it has an effect on the area massively, on a, a social club that's there, uh, on people. Uh, on the economy, uh, and we need to start this project properly. Um, and I've got almost like the perfect background to be a part of the officer team and obviously residents and the stakeholder as well. So I'm finding myself in very, very good positioning, uh, and it, it, it will be my legacy. Uh, if this project lasts three years, once it's, once it's finished, once the last you know, brick goes in and the last slate goes on the top of the building, I'll be out the door um, because I won't need to or want to work on another project after it. The biggest mistake the council made was to allow me to work on this project because I'm actually having a great time. It's like, you know, doesn't feel like work. 
certain times when I've worked in the council where I've not had a focus, not had much direction, wanted to walk away. It hasn't happened very often, but I know what that feeling is like. And when that was happening, luckily I had other projects to work on that were uh, voluntary, working with the Housing Association. So I had other things to kind of to keep me going. Uh, but now I've kind of picked up on the, the one project that uh, I'm, you know, it's got lots of different benefits and lots of different difficulties, but I'm hoping that I understand them all. Uh, so, yeah, so it's I'm working on my my ideal project right now, but it's only been for the last six months or so in a career that spanned 42 years. So there you go. I've had to wait that long. <laughs> it's so good to hear your passion for you can just so tell the passion that's coming off of you for for this project and that's really great for someone like me to hear who hasn't really led any projects yet and to feel like that could potentially be me in you know however many years it takes you know that I will get to have that sort of drive to really deliver a project of that magnitude it's really great yeah I mean I, I think it's one of them I um I like to do the things when we all like to do things that, that, that we enjoy. And if I'm, if I'm not going to enjoy something, I'm not going to put the time in. I'll, you know, I'll coast along like everybody else. You know, if the leader of, of the projects that I've worked on doesn't show any passion for it, why should I, you know, but on this project, without a doubt, there are people that have, have worked out how, how engrossed in it, how much I love it. And they're giving me that trust and responsibility. Uh, and I'm paying it back in droves, you know. And I'm and I'm not even asking for a king's ransom. I'm not, you know. If someone said, "Yeah, Robbie, here's loads and loads and loads of money to do with this project," my head would be turned because it's money that's driving it rather than the passion. Yeah, I've got to say, obviously, knowing you and knowing your background and knowing the project, I can't think of anyone better to work on that project in the council than you. It's basically made for you you're like yeah I, I think the other thing, Lorna, you'll know this as well if i hadn't have ended up on this project i'd be very 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 disappointed <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just moving on from that um what's one question that you wish that we'd asked you i don't know i'm stuck it's done i'm very often this I think uh, we've got a world exclusive. Yeah, hang on. Just, hang on a minute, Lorna. Hang on. I've been, I'll tell you what thing that, 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 I, that did kind of uh, caused me a problem with a, with a project once. I got isolated on a project once. And, for, and the, the team, behind, team around me, team behind me, I didn't think there was, there was a big gap between me. And I got a bit isolated on a project and almost got left to it with, and I was learning it needed it needed politics, it needed funding, uh, it needed the support, and it didn't have it. And I was isolated on this project uh, in Tameside in Hattersley, something that we had trouble delivering. It didn't have enough funding uh, or many solutions. Uh, and I felt I was doing a number of things that were beyond my responsibility. Although my status was fine, but the responsibility was too wide for me. Um, so it was a, a quite stressful um and I wasn't quite sure how to handle it because of the um it was more the politics of the of the projects rather than the officers. And officers were changing rapidly and leaving the council 
the team was breaking up and I, I wasn't going anywhere. Uh, and I was crucial to this project and I found myself in all sorts of situations without any answers, without any support. And it was a, it was a tough time. Um, so I think, uh, the question that I would want it to be asked was, you know, not so much the failure of a project, but what's with the most difficult thing that a, a project can bring? And I think that lack of support, isolation, um, and, and often people not supporting you when you're trying to deliver something, especially some things that are complex. I actually remember going down to, to, to government office down in London with a, a, a very senior officer from a housing association. And I was there because nobody else wanted me to go. So I ended up on a plane down to London. Um, sitting in front of one of these panels, can't remember what they were called, some panel or other, uh, answering questions on behalf of this project. And I was absolutely frightened to death. And I thought, what am I doing here doing this? This is not me. I should be somewhere else. But in the end, I've gone, we've got through the project in the end, uh, and I end up learning the hard way. So it's like, you know, the downfall of some projects is, is you end up isolated on them, on your own. And that's something that you need to make sure doesn't happen. So the question is, when a project goes bad, what what would you do? That's great. Thank you. And thank you again for everything today. It's been I, I've known you for years and I've learned things. <laughs> um, so obviously it's, it's going to be to you all day, Rob. Sorry. Talking for the rest of my afternoon. I'd love don't to say it. Don't say that. We won't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he told us he's got a meeting, so he does have to leave. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. We hope you enjoyed listening to Rob's stories and learning from his experiences as much as we did. Tune in next time where we will be interviewing Sheila McNerney, also from Manchester City Council, to get her insights and experiences. Bye for now.